You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. This is MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in. We're here to talk about the Royals as we head into the winter meetings. Jeffrey Flanagan will be there. Dayton Moore will be there. Ned Yost will be there. We'll see what the Royals have up their sleeves following their 2015 title run. And really, Jeffrey, uh, it's been pretty quiet out of Kansas City so far this winter. Uh, you know, we've seen a fair amount of activity uh, in, in, the, in the trade market, especially uh, so far in this hot stove season. The Royals have been kind of uh, under the radar a little bit. As we head into the winter meetings, what do you suspect is, is realistic here uh, as far as targets or, or communication uh, in these next couple of weeks? Well, I mean, they've been a, typically a, a team that doesn't make a big splash at these meetings. Uh, sad yeah. to say, for people who are expecting a, a lot of rumors and stuff like that, you know, Two years ago, three years ago, they did do the James Shields trade, but you know they do a lot of their work after the meetings and before spring training, uh, even through spring training too. They made some signings during spring, but most of their major moves last year were actually when they got back from the winter meetings, and uh, that's when they got Kendris Morales and Rios and Volquez and, and Medlin. So I wouldn't be surprised as we see kind of a similar scenario. Um, they do have some holes to fill. Uh, obviously, at both corner outfield spots, um, the rotation's a little thin right now uh, without Cueto and even without Guthrie, even though he you know, lost his job and wasn't on the playoff roster. But uh, they still got to have some bodies in there. And, uh, you know, Chris Young is an option there who pitched fantastic for them last year in, in several roles. And, and Dayton Moore told me that he could easily make a case that Chris Young was the MVP of the pitching staff. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get something done there, maybe even at the meetings. Um, but in terms of big-name targets, I just don't really see it other than maybe trying to do, get a Gordon or a Zobris back, um, one of the two maybe. Um, I don't think they're going to have that much financial wiggle room, actually. Yeah, you mentioned Chris Young. I actually, uh, in the afterglow of the World Series, I happened to be standing there when, when him and Ned uh, had their moment together, uh, gave each other a big hug, uh, tears in their eyes, and, and Ned said to him, uh, we're going to do this again next year. So uh, yeah. it's a pretty good indication they, uh, they want to have him back. Uh, yeah, they should like have him one Chris Young sign this week. Maybe we'll see another. I'm sorry? I said we saw one Chris Young sign this week with the Red Sox. Maybe we'll see the other, uh, the other one fall uh, later this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, they made another minor signing last night, too, uh, uh, Monday night with, uh, with Tim Collins. Um, who missed all of 2015 with Tommy John surgery. And I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. I thought he might be a yeah. candidate non-tender because, uh, you know, $1.5 million, which is almost what he's going to be getting, is kind of a big chunk of money for um, a guy who didn't pitch last year. So a little bit of a surprise there. I thought they might be able to save some money um, that way. But, uh, um, you know, I'm sure they, they had their reasons behind it. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to try to uh, really get some cost-efficient signings here because uh, – um, even though there's a chunk of money coming off the payroll, um, there's you know guys like Mike Mustakas and Eric, I mean not Eric Hosmer, but uh, Lorenzo Cain and and Danny Duffy and Dyson who are going to get big arbitration bumps. 
Um, and so it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for Dayton. It is. Uh, he succeeded in that challenge before uh, with the sort of under the radar moves, uh, especially last year, obviously. Um, but if there's one big takeaway from from last winter, it's that they had this bullpen strength. They didn't uh, trade from it the way some people speculated they they could or should uh, mm-hmm. because of the rising price tags, and they even added to it. Uh, bringing back Coach Shaver and, and bringing in Ryan Madsen and some others. Um, and it, it certainly seems like, and maybe the Collins move is indicative of this, but it, it seems like there's potential again to make the bullpen the uh, number one priority and, and just stock it, beef it up as much as humanly possible because we all know uh, the volatility there and, and, you know, especially with the innings that have been incurred there, it seems like it's still their uh, primary focus is, is not letting that strength become a weakness. Absolutely, and I think there's going to be some work to be done there, too, because they won't have Greg Holland next year. Uh, he'll be out with uh, with Tommy John surgery. Um, I kind of doubt they'll get Ryan Madsen back because I believe somebody out there will offer him a, a pretty healthy deal after the season he had and probably be out of the Royals' price range. Uh, Franklin Morales, who was very good up until about August, um, he's likely going to be uh, gone elsewhere. So they've got some holes to fill there, too. But one thing, you know, you mentioned – they're uh, low-key signings last year. One thing they're a master at is finding these guys. They they just have a knack for finding the Ryan Matsons or or the Chris Youngs. And and I suspect you know I was talking to some of their scouts a couple weeks ago, and and they've got a targeted list again of guys uh, who may appear to be washed up. And uh, but they find a way to get these guys in for lo- a low-risk signing, and 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 they tend to have terrific years for them. Uh, the winter meetings, we're going to hear uh, a lot of talk about all the big free agents, and the Royals have a couple. Uh, it's been fairly quiet on the Alex Gordon front here so far. Uh, there's, there's been a little more traction, it seems, with Ben Zobris. seems like there's a, a lot of interest there. I would imagine, I mean, Zobris is kind of his own his own class in this free agency because it's rare that a player can bounce around the way he can. Yeah. Um, Gordon's, in, Gordon's in the mix with a, a pretty deep, uh, corner outfield class, so you can understand uh, that taking some time to to develop. But uh, first of all, with Zobris, is there is there any thought to, to the Royals still being able to pull that off? Is there maybe some uh, negativity associated with that thought, just because of, of the sheer number of teams interested in the, in the possibility of that price tag escalating out of their reach? Yeah, and there's another factor with the Zobris thing too: is is where where is he going to play if if they were able to land him? Uh, he's right. older than, than Alex Gordon, but you've already got uh, almost $16 million tied up in Omar Infante over the next two years at second base. So would you be looking at him as a corner outfielder maybe to replace Alex Gordon left? And that would be a significant drop-off defensively, obviously. And uh, one thing Dayton Moore and his staff are, are adamant about is uh, they want guys who can defend first. And uh, especially if you're not able to secure a right fielder uh, who can defend well, um, so, you know, they want to shore up their outfield defensively. It's a big stadium, and that's always been a priority. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the market value hasn't really been set for, for any of those guys. Um, yeah. And I know the Royals have, have been very open and very interested in bringing back either one. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, the, the language they've used, though, with Alex Gordon, I wouldn't say is, is really encouraging because they talk about him uh, sort of being a, a forever a royal, no matter where he ends up, which kind of leads you to believe that, that he may end up somewhere else. But um, you know, Dayton Moore's been a big, big fan of of Alex Gordon his whole career. I think they're as close as any GM player I've, I've ever covered. So 
Uh, yeah. if, there's a, if there's a chance for that to happen, it will happen. Um, but, you know, in Zobris, too, is another guy Dayton's coveted for many years, so he finally got him, and I don't think he wants to lose him because it, he adds so much offensively, you can kind of withstand what uh, he doesn't bring to the table defensively. So um, in left field is a place maybe he can hide him a little bit, and uh, if, he, if he played the whole year or something like that, I think he could, they could live with that. But he brings so much offensively up in top of the order. You saw it in the postseason. You saw it in September. Uh, with his switch hitting ability, his ability to come base, uh, uh, that that'd be certainly a guy they'd like to get back to. And the, the nagging thought I keep having on Alex Gordon is the Orioles. I wonder how much that'll be tied to Chris Davis, his market tied to Chris Davis, because I can see the Orioles being a team that goes heavy on Gordon if they're not able to retain Davis, just because he he fits their defensive profile so well as well, and they might have some money to burn uh, if they're not, you know, able to bring back their first baseman. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of things. Yeah, and that's a ballpark right that he really hit well in, too. I mean, you know, he yeah. can reach the opposite field there easily. And he's always hit well there. I mean, everybody hits well there. But um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it'd be a good landing spot for him if they can afford him. But I've heard, too, they've got a lot of money tied up and, and some bad contracts, too. So I, I don't know how much they'll have to spend. But uh, uh, somebody's going to make him a good offer, that's for sure. You speak about ballparks. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, do you think, uh, is, it, is it play big in a free agent's mind where he signs in terms of a home park. And I think ultimately most free agents, it, you know, it's, it's the size of the, the dollar amount in the contract more than the size of the ballpark. But uh, it can't be emphasized enough how good a job the Royals have done about building a team for that ballpark. Absolutely. I mean, and I think for, for, for pitchers, it, it really does play into their decision whether or not to come here. Um, it certainly did with, with Volquez. It certainly did with uh, Chris Young. It certainly did with uh, – uh, Chris Medlin, um, it, it just and it's not just the the big spacious outfield. It's it's like you mentioned how well they defend uh, and how many hits they take away. So it is a factor, and that's again uh, another reason why Dayton's going to have to be kind of careful about how he goes about filling those corner outfielder spots because he wants guys who are athletic and can take hits away. And um, you know he's got some potential internal candidates in, in Dyson Orlando. You can maybe put two in there in right field, but. Uh, you still want a guy who, who can really go get the ball in left field, too. All right. Jeffrey Flanagan will be in Nashville for the winter meetings. We'll check back with him uh, then and see what the Royals are up to on that stage. Uh, until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 